Welcome back. This is our September version of Parabox. Now, today is a bit of a special one. For the second hour, Scan is going to be joining us to talk about some of his influences and play some of that music. For the first one, I decided to play some um, game soundtracks, something slightly different. The show began with Urban Dreamscape, and it's a soundtrack from the game Paratopic, and it's by Bu Chaotica. The one starting in the background right now is a track by Nine Inch Nails called Parallel Dimensions, and that's from the Quake soundtracks from the 90s. There's all sorts of stuff coming later on, so I hope you enjoy and stick around for the rest of it.
So far we've heard music from uh, Game Paratopic, Quake, Silent Hill 4, Bad Mojo, Diablo 2, and Battlefield series. And this is a track called Qualia Slippage by Scanner. And Scanner is joining us for the second hour to talk about some of his influences and play that music. This track by Scanner has not been composed for a game, it's actually for Royal Ballet in London. But it's a soundtrack and it kind of fits in with the rest of it. Thank you. 
We're about 15 minutes away from an hour with Scanner, and it's time to play a few tracks that could work well in a club environment even today.
Instead of our usual recording place, today we have been invited by Scanner into his own studio. So thank you very much for having us. My pleasure. So what is it that you're going to be playing for us today? I've chosen music that all has great meaning for me. A lot of it during the earlier part of my life, to be honest, but music that still sustains me to this day. And it begins with John Cage and his prepared piano works. So I first heard this music when I was 11 years old. At school, my piano teacher, my music teacher at school played us this music and I had no idea what it was. I was listening to pop music and rock music and all kinds of things. And I vividly remember going home and we had a cheap upright piano. And I remember hammering away at it and recording it on a cheap cassette deck. And it was in a way of my first ever experimental music. I had no idea who John Cage was. and. His influence upon my life, I could never anticipate what it would actually be later on, but significantly important work for me.
So that was an excerpt from Foray's Requiem, a piece of music I listened to when I was about 12 or 13. I'm not going to go through every year of my life, don't worry. But I used to listen to church music. I wasn't from a religious family, but I just loved the sound, the acoustic of it. And I think what always appealed to me was a combination of the kind of melancholy and the voice within a church, that kind of huge open space. So it's a piece of music that's heavily emotive and tragic, but I don't know, there's something that sustains me still. It's a very beautiful piece. And it connects to the next piece by Alfred Schnitke, a Russian composer who wrote music for a number of films by a filmmaker called Larissa Shapitko, an amazing filmmaker. She died very young in a car crash, tragically. And this piece of music bears some relationship to the Froy in the in the terms of the kind of harmony and the melody, but I still think it's one of the most beautiful pieces ever, ever written. It's only about two minutes long.
So you've just been listening to The Virgin Prunes, Red Nettle, a piece of music I heard at school. I remember I was 14 years old and there was a cassette tape that came with the NME, the New Musical Express. And it was a piece of music that's very minimal by nature, but totally hypnotic. Onto something equally minimalist, in a sense, British group called Soviet France, still around, whose earliest records were very, very obscure. No titles on them. Often they arrived in two pieces of wood or roofing felt, all handmade. Very obscure and intriguing by the way they looked, but it was this kind of dark cinematic industrial music.
So I discovered the music of Glenn Branca through a newspaper review. Or more like a preview, it said the skies of London will go dark tonight. I had no idea who this guy was, but he was coming to London with his orchestra of guitars, who subsequently turned out to be the band Sonic Youth, with lots of other musicians. And he produced, he died a couple of years ago, Glenn Branca, produced this, again, very cinematic, epic-sounding guitar orchestras, where he, they played them with hammers as opposed to plectrums, so you lost all the percussive elements, so these huge orchestral works would appear. Chaotic, noisy, wild, out of control, but absolutely unforgettable. So this is an excerpt from Symphony Number no. 3. This Heat, The Fall of Saigon. This Heat is a band from the 70s and 80s who actually reformed a couple of years ago, played a series of dates and pretty much just finished doing those. When I say reformed, essentially it was two of the original members, one had sadly passed away, and they produced this kind of, I'm sure how you describe it, post-punk, percussive rock music, huge influence on me, particularly at that time I was making these kind of 
guitar pieces that were inspired by the Glenbranca we just heard and sort of cut up tape loops and all kinds of things. So this piece has the most constrained, powerful guitar solo. I love it. It's like, it's kind of just waiting to break out and explode, but it never quite gets there, you know? So it has this kind of underbelly of tension throughout it. Quite magnificent.
of the Soviet Union. They and the other Gorse countries largely propaganda reporting all largely propaganda course from their allies their own minorities. While hearing in the other of the war drums from propaganda of course all largely propaganda of course all largely propaganda the course clear largely propaganda of Jordan on largely propaganda of Korea Iraq down propaganda of bring threatening large propaganda of countries are being asked to decide which side they are largely propaganda of having a treaty of friendship against the course of the Arabs or of Israel's main supporter as a danger to stability largely propaganda of course on the side largely propaganda of the Middle East largely propaganda of Russians out of this country and the center of course largely propaganda of course and despite the propaganda of support for the Palestinian propaganda of course overheard from propaganda of course Syria largely propaganda of course thing on the very propaganda of course Iran propaganda of course to lead to stay down in the present crisis in Lebanon propaganda despite their French agreement propaganda of course remained aloof as well from the Gulf War largely propaganda of course was taken over with propaganda of course 10 days largely propaganda of course all largely propaganda of course less the revolution propaganda of course all preferring largely empty rhetoric largely propaganda of course to actually propaganda the Americans largely propaganda Russians seem confused by what's going on in the region largely propaganda of course has already largely propaganda by fundamentalism at propaganda of course you officers that are stationed in front of the stage behind the barricade you will go to Mr. Marsh Shapiro, the first aid man and he will furnish you with earplugs so as to keep you from having a headache if he runs out of earplugs he has got some cotton you can use that we have a detention room set up within the Coliseum. Any person that you arrest for ejection will be brought to room D. Is that understood? You will take the names, the addresses, and the telephone numbers. We will not allow any dancing, running up and down the aisle. Is that clear with everybody?
Health dust, was a gun Time to recover, the damage is done Voltaire, the voice of America, a band popular for many. For me, one of those teenage groups I listened to, and it was the combination of kind of electronics, abstract electronics, and the voice, and odd electronic process noises. I couldn't work out how they were making them happen or anything. And before that's interesting because it's a group that splintered off from Cabaret Voltaire. One of the guys, Chris Watson, who now is known for working on David Attenborough shows and all kinds of things like that formed this group with another guy called Andrew McKenzie and called themselves the Hafler Trio. And they used a lot of environmental recordings, lots of recordings of water and air. But this piece is one of their tape cut-ups, which I always just found very amusing, this kind of idea of taking a news report and subverting it with this kind of William Burroughs-style cut-up.
was Swans, a band that when I first discovered them, I thought they were playing the music at the wrong speed. I heard it on the radio and I thought, the DJ played it at the wrong speed. This is back in the 80s. Went to some of their earliest concerts in London at the time and it felt like you were walking through super glue. It was so heavy and so slow and arguably to many, some of the loudest concerts ever performed. I mean, just extraordinary. The fact that they're still going today and still as strong and as forceful and with such impact is, is significant. What we're hearing now is Throbbing Gristle. They made this track called Dream Machine. It's off a, one of my favorite albums called Heathen Earth, a live album. And I used to have a cassette of this I bought at Kensington Market in London, where they basically looped this for one hour. And that was this kind of dream piece, but it accompanies a, a, a thing called the Dream Machine, where you stare into this spinning disc, close your eyes, and it brings up all these kind of imaginary dreams and images whilst you're awake. Throbbing Gristle, no longer around, but some of the musicians still out there doing their own work and a significant influence on so many other artists.
Stell dich tot. Stell dich tot. Controversial shows ever, where they took to the stage of the ICA in London, Institute of Contemporary Arts, and basically tried to cut through the stage. And there was a riot, they had to close the building down. One of those amazing, unforgettable shows. Connects right into Aphex Twin here, an artist, and this is his first kind of official record. I remember buying this in Camden at the time on a white label from a kind of bootleg store. It was very hard to find this record. And most people are familiar with his work these days, but I still recall going to some of the very earliest, in fact, his first ever London show, and we met playing Quasar, you know, the Laser Quest game back in the late 80s, early 90s. And an artist I still have a lot of respect for in both not only the music, but the way he plays with how you're meant to present yourself to the public. You know, I like those kind of characters. (laughs) 
So now we're going to have a listen to Basic Channel. Basic Channel for me, I think for many actually, a very secretive group. You were never sure who they were. The record labels never gave you any more than just graphics. They had numbers or abstract symbols on them, a little bit like Soviet France, who I played earlier. There was a wonderfully obscurist engagement with it because you're trying to work out what this stuff is. And I like the music because at times it's like very forward motion club music. Other times with this piece, for example, it's this kind of hissy radiance that's just floating through the air, sort of like gas escaping. And there's something very beautiful and elegant about that. It's this kind of atmospheric texture that kind of just moves forward. It's very beautiful. So what we're hearing now is kind of an ambient version of Basic Channel. They also splintered off into kind of rhythm and sound, which is their more kind of dub-oriented work. But the Basic Channel records I've treasured since the day I bought them and still return to them regularly. Beautiful stuff. I'd like to finish by playing the very first record I ever actively bought with my mother's money, probably not mine at the age of 13. I don't think I had any money to speak of. Earth, Wind and Fire Fantasy, a record that has maintained uh, an absolute meaning for me. Listening to it, I realised there's a relationship between the vocalisation at the end of the song, the kind of last two minutes or so, that 
connects to the first music I played, the Foray's Requiem, this kind of choral music. There's this voice, like a choir boy style voice that hovers around the harmony. And I think what always appealed to me were these male voices that sound quite feminine, rather like the boys' choir uh, singing, but they wrap around this beautiful soul song with this incredible groove. And so I'd like to end on a very positive note with this beautiful song.
thanks very much for inviting us over and providing us with such a great selection. It's my pleasure. I will send the invoice to the usual address. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been a pleasure to play some of the music that's inspired me and hopefully unsettle or move some listeners out there. Hopefully your music will inspire more people and uh, inspire them to dig more into the artists that you played and hopefully yourself as well. We can only hope. Let's remain positive. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Recognize.